Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Today on Parts Per Billion, we're going to be talking about Exxon New, the movement trying to prove that the fossil fuel industry knew long ago about climate change but covered it up. The members of this movement include environmental activists, shareholder activists, attorneys, and now members of Congress. Hello, and welcome back once again to Parts Per Billion, the environmental podcast from Bloomberg Law. I'm your host, David Schultz. So today's episode focuses on that classic Washington question, what did you know and when did you know it? That's the question senior Democrats on the House Oversight Committee are asking Exxon, the American Petroleum Institute, and other big players in the fossil fuel industry. The questions are coming ahead of a big hearing in the committee next month, and just after the release of a secretly recorded video showing an Exxon lobbyist saying that the company fought early efforts to combat climate change. Exxon, for its part, said the lobbyist did not represent the company's viewpoints, and the API said it's looking forward to testifying before Congress in a few weeks. But is this all a turning point for the so-called Exxon New Movement, or is it just all a bunch of sound and fury? For some insight into that, we turn to Bloomberg Law reporter Jennifer Hijazi, who's been writing about the House Democrats' inquiries. I started off by asking her what exactly this hidden camera video actually showed. Yeah, so uh, Greenpeace UK secretly recorded, it was part of this Exxon sting, went undercover, secretly recorded an, a lobbyist named Keith McCoy, who I essentially revealed that the company had been working against early climate science efforts for profit. I mean, he said, you know, they aggressively fought against some of the science and joined some shadow groups to work against a lot of these efforts. You know, he said, quote, there was nothing illegal about it. We were just looking out for our investments and looking out for their shareholders. So that sounds pretty bad. But this is not the first time that environmental activists and or journalists have found some sort of hidden information that would indicate that Exxon and other fossil fuel companies knew about the effects of climate change long before they acknowledged that they knew about the effects of climate change. Can you talk a little bit about this sort of Exxon new movement? That's kind of the, the moniker that they're using, Exxon new. Mm -hmm. So inside climate news, I think it was the Los Angeles Times, Columbia uh, Journalism Grad School unveiled research in 2015 that unveiled you know, Exxon knew about the consequences of climate change and fossil fuel contributions to global warming since like the 1970s. 
And that information has been a cornerstone of the climate deception greenwashing movement ever since then, which is what spurred a lot of the uh, current climate litigation we're seeing now. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's not just environmental activists that are suing Exxon over this. There's also municipalities. I think there um, are, you know, several cities and states run by uh, Democratic politicians who have filed suits against Exxon and other uh, fossil fuel companies. Is that right? Yeah. So that so litigation brought by cities and states and counties is actually the the bulk of the climate litigation movement that we're seeing right now. There are a couple of like climate advocate cases here, greenwashing cases here and there, but the current wave of climate litigation began in about 2018 and cities and counties were relying on tort claims like nuisance and trespass to hold energy companies financially liable for local climate impacts. But nowadays, the trend has shifted almost completely to consumer protection claims, which stem directly from the argument that companies like Exxon, like BP, like Shell, knew about the effects of their products on catastrophic global warming and yet continue to produce and sell to unwitting customers. Right. And I th- it sounds like that's a really big component of it is that it's not just that the their products caused uh, contributed to climate changes that they knew that this was happening when they were selling the, the products, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so we've got environmental activists involved here. We've got municipalities filing lawsuits. Now we've got Congress involved, and that was the subject of your most recent story. Tell me a little bit about what's happening in Congress right now and what House Democrats are doing. Yeah, so they are asking for information on the reported role of, you know, what how these companies have been allegedly coordinating this long-running industry-wide campaign to spread misinformation about how fossil fuels, how their products contribute to causing global warming. Um, so they sent a bunch of letters out to a lot of companies, including Exxon, the American Petroleum Institute, asking for documents from November 2015 to the present. So it is a shorter amount of time that they're, you know, looking for documents than the climate litigation is asking for documents much, much further into the past. Um, but they're looking for any kind of document and communication from company leadership on climate science, clean energy, uh, the role the company could have played in climate change, how the company would communicate about climate and fossil fuels to the general public, um, any correspondence that companies sent to federal entities about climate change and clean energy. They want to call information about the profits that were gained while selling products that actively contributed to warming impacts, as well as allegations that the companies were actively lying about those impacts as well, according to the claims. And it's worth noting that, I mean, first off, that's a big ask. They're asking for a lot of information. But it's also worth noting that, um, you know, if and when those documents get turned over to congressional Democrats, they'll almost certainly be made public very shortly after that, right? I mean, maybe with some exceptions, but I mean, that's kind of how these things usually work. I mean, when when information is turned over to, to Congress, it doesn't stay <laughs> – you know, it doesn't stay with Congress, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, some of the lawyers that I spoke to, uh, specifically looking at the, you know, they, some of people called it the synergies between these, the climate litigation and then this recent congressional probe and um, how information called as part of this investigation could at least 
bolster or be used as evidence in some of the climate litigation. But that is very, very far down the line. We're not even on the merits for these, you know, climate cases yet. This is just kind of folks spitballing about the parallels that are happening between the probes and the congressional probes and the and climate litigation. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, the Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business demands. At the Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how the Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. So we're talking about Congress asking, uh, you know, these uh, fossil fuel companies for information. There's also a hearing coming up. Um, you spoke with some folks who said that there are some real parallels here between uh, this and the way that Congress dealt with the tobacco companies in the 90s. Can you talk a little bit about that? What are the connections here? Yeah, I mean, the comparisons between climate litigation and tobacco litigation from the 90s. I mean, people have been talking about the the similarities between the two. I mean, ever since climate litigation really came to the fore a few years ago. Um, and, you know, in tobacco litigation, they were dealing with kind of the same thing. What tobacco companies knew about the damaging effects of nicotine in their products and whether or not they divulged that to the public while they actively sold this product, it, particularly also to young people. One person I spoke to brought up this uh, hearing with tobacco executives, you know, while, while all of this major litigation was happening against the tobacco companies, where lawmakers asked tobacco executives under oath whether or not they knew nicotine was addictive. And they said under oath that nicotine was not addictive. Um, and this congressional hearing happened while litigation was ongoing. So, and, you know, right now we're kind of seeing the same thing with climate litigation. Litigation is ongoing. And now we have this congressional hearing that's happening in a few weeks where they are also going to be asking executives what they may or may not knew about climate change while they continue to sell their products. Yeah. All right. Well, finally, let's talk about the uh, sort of bottom line here, the results, uh, and specifically, I mean, legislation. Um, you know, Senator Van Hollen, a Democrat in the Senate, has introduced legislation that would make, uh, you know, fossil fuel companies pay for some of the impacts of climate change. I, I get the sense from your reporting that legislation's prospects are not very bright, um, just given the sort of razor thin margins in Congress right now. But it sounds like even if nothing actually makes it to the president's desk uh, on climate change and, and on the fossil fuel industry, all of this action in Congress could still have an impact on these companies. Right. And not only in Congress, but I mean, this 
ongoing climate litigation landscape too. All of it, I think, and speaking first on climate litigation, I think the litigation is in this weird place where it continues to pack a lot of punch, especially in headlines, yet in reality hasn't really accomplished what plaintiffs have set out for in the complaints themselves. And, you know, it's still yet to be seen whether this investigation will actually accomplish, you know, what um, lawmakers are really setting out to do. Um, We're still locked in jurisdictional battles over what can and cannot be argued with climate and courts. Um, And we have yet to see a discovery process launched in any of the state courts, which would really get the ball rolling on information on what, you know, companies may or may not have known on climate. But I think what all of this action is doing is creating risk. And companies, banks, investors, lawyers, they're all paying close attention to this risk, to any kind of risk, which can have tangible impacts on shareholder activity, insurance, whether or not big financial institutions fund projects. So I think while these things like litigation and investigations are kind of still trudging through procedural wrangling, they still inform this you know, kind of growing risk landscape with real world concerns for these companies. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and, you know, we've talked about on this podcast before the rise of ESG investing, um, you know, and it seems like if you're someone who uh, is into ESG investing, or if that's a priority for you, these are the last companies you're going to invest in. Um, and partly as a result of what you just talked about, all this information that's coming out about um, you know, climate change and what Exxon did and didn't know. Um, so it sounds like the big impacts here are going to be felt on Wall Street, maybe not necessarily in D.C. or in, um, you know, in the boardroom. Right. I mean, I think that's where the impacts are currently falling, right? I mean, you know, we these big companies, Exxon has yet to pay for sea level rise in Baltimore because of these cases. But, um, you know, lawyers I've spoken to have mentioned that companies are really paying attention to, you know, the Wall Street implications of this ESG reporting, um, shareholder activity, investor activity. So, you know, I think, right, I think that's the landscape that this kind of risk is currently informing and, you know, could inform even more in the future, depending on how things pan out. All right. Well, that was Jennifer Hijazi, uh, Bloomberg Law Environmental Reporter. Jennifer, thank you so much. Thanks, David. And that's it for today's episode of Parts Rebellion. If you want more environmental news, check us out on Twitter. We use the handle at environment. And I, of course, am at David B. Schultz. Today's episode of Parts for Billing was produced by myself, David Schultz. Parts for Billing was created by Jessica Coombs and Rachel Daigle and is edited by Rebecca Baker and Chuck McCutcheon. Our executive producer is Josh Block. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Those nine justices in Washington, they can be pretty hard to keep track of. That's where we come in. I'm Jordan Rubin. And I'm Kimberly Robinson. On our podcast, Cases and Controversies, we give you a week-by-week accounting of the Supreme Court. The filings, the arguments, the opinions, and much, much more. So check in on Fridays with Cases and Controversies to find out what's coming up on the horizon at the Supreme Court. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business. 
from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.